0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Spilling Lemonade Podcast. This is your host, Kami Nelson, back with another episode. So today, on this lovely Sunday, we will be talking with the amazing Kate from Kate Recovers on Instagram. She is like a mental health and eating disorder recovery advocate, and today we are going to be talking a little bit about behavior swapping, the addiction cycle, and more importantly, getting out of the addiction cycle.
1: And Kate, would you like to introduce yourself? So, hi, I think you introduced introduced me really well, so I just want to say thank you for inviting me.
0: Yeah, I can speak only on behalf of myself, but I'm pretty sure everyone is super excited to hear you talk today. (laughs) So I'm such a lovely person, and I'm so excited to just get into it. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so I guess the first thing on this topic, a good way to start maybe, would be if we could just talk a little bit about um what is the addiction cycle so for those of those who don't really know what we're talking about uh would you like to give some
1: insight yeah so basically um in terms of like an eating disorder ask for me in particular it was this cycle of one like the restriction aspect of my eating disorder and then like It all plays into so many other areas of my life and these different behaviours that I've picked up. And it's like a constant cycle. Well, not constant because that's what we're working on, breaking (laughs) it. It's this cycle between one, I'm like trying to recover, I'm trying to get better, break these habits. And then it's the fallback into them and this whole repeated process of the addiction cycle.
0: Yes, absolutely. So that's basically what it is. Today, we'll also be talking a little bit about behavior substituting. So everyone's addiction cycle is going to look a little bit different if you have one. Um, For example, it may involve substance abuse or self-harming or even mine, or it could involve like more just like personal bad habits. Like I know for me, it's not like, like being overworking myself as part of my Addiction cycle. It's not necessarily like I don't, there's not a name for overworking addiction, but Mm -hmm. any negative behavior that's hurting an exercise addiction, anything that's negatively affecting you can be a part of this like cycle. And it may be like, okay, part of sometimes how it works is like, for example, like, okay, say I'm working on restriction of food and then I replace that behavior with exercise and then I move to self harm and then I move to overworking and then I move to alcohol. And it's kind of just like a cycle of substituting one negative behavior of another.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, especially with how you're saying about overworking, that's a very, like, deadly, not deadly, but like, it's a very hard cycle. Because in today's society as well, it's so praised to have some of these behaviors, like exercise, like healthy, eating, like working yourself constantly. And I do think that really plays into the whole cycle.
0: Yes, I absolutely agree with that. There are so many like praised behaviors that because for some people a positive behavior maybe is like an addiction or a negative behavior for someone else. So it's not always like, it, it depends on you, how it's affecting you emotionally, mentally, and physically. So it's just definitely, it's hard to break some of these cycles when it might not even seem like you're in a cycle. It might not, I think like the first step to breaking it would be identifying the fact that you're in one. I know for me personally, it was like not until maybe uh, my last treatments and I went to, I was just for mental health. And I was kind of surprised I was there a little bit because I was like, well, I got rid of my eating disorder. Um, But I learned I had just been in the cycle since I was like, maybe like 10-ish and of just one behavior. And I'm still trying to break that cycle. Right now, I'm kind of trying to break, free of all these behaviors not replacing um one behavior with the next and I think there's a lot of societal pressure in terms of each behavior has its own different you know views on it
1: yeah absolutely
0: um so if you don't mind talking about it Kate and if you don't want to totally fine just let me know (laughs) do you want to talk a little bit about your experience with your addiction cycle
1: Okay, so I think to start the journey, it all starts in lockdown, as I think everyone's problems have, and it's basically, I started feeling so, like, out of control in my life and I just needed something that, like, gave me that sense of purpose again, so I started like looking at myself and like started to fall into this pattern of restricting and it's all like that escalated and got like blown up into this big eating disorder but then it was more as I started my recovery from that cycle of addiction and the whole like restriction that I started substituting behaviors and I started doing like All of these like unhealthy coping mechanisms in replace of what I'd been doing before. Because obviously, like when you're going through the treatment process, they crack down so hard and there's no room. So I had to find like another way to cope and something else I could like control in my life. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just like, the whole pattern of it has stemmed from my eating disorder 100% and like I would say I'm fairly recovered now but I still have these patterns like you're saying it does continue and it's so easy to substitute them in and like I've noticed a lot more recently it's different sort of things like I do drink a lot and I recognize that within myself and I know that's just another One of these coping mechanisms but it's another pattern that i've come to rely on again so that's basically a bit of a summary that makes a lot of sense i like
0: what you said about how it kind of stemmed from like control one thing i view i'm currently working on myself breaking my own addiction cycle unhealthy pattern of cycle whatever you want to call it um i hadn't really identified that i was in this till about eight months ago And I really haven't started trying to actively get out of it until like last month. Um, So (laughs) I know for me, it was just like, I had this thought in my head that I would eventually go through all the unhealthy behaviors until there was just no more to go through and I'd be cured of them all. And the problem with that thought is that I learned pretty quickly my brain will find... Can, first of all, I'm just creating more lifelong battles for myself if I do that. Like, and second of all, th- there will always be a new unhealthy coping mechanism. And sometimes a healthy mechanism... Sometimes a coping mechanism started out as healthy, but because I was still looking for the wrong things in it, it turned negative. So I know for me, like my... Cycle stems from this feeling, this core value of mine that I'm in quotes like lazy. And so, this is like this core value when I had all of my productivity taken away at COVID, which is also like when my uh, cycle started. You know, I've just gone from behavior to behavior to cope with the fact that I have that core belief about myself. And really, I've learned recently that like the only way I'm going to get out of this cycle is if I I need to change that core belief. I need to do processing. I need to do therapy and rewiring and a lot of self-work to realize where that, and I have identified, I talked about it in a podcast I just recorded. I'm not sure if it'll be published before or after this one, but I have identified where that core belief came from. Now it's getting rid of that core, changing that core belief into something more positive. So I don't know necessarily where else I was going with that. Kate, I don't know if you have something <laughs> to add.
1: I do think, think like what you were saying about how a lot of them start off like as something healthy like for example exercise like you can start off with this intention of like doing something really good and like getting yourself moving and like all that about like endorphins and whatever but then it so quickly becomes this like spiral and it just develops into this like negative idea and suddenly you're like focused on numbers you have to burn like so many calories and it just it's really easy for these behaviors to come like become so extreme and like unhealthy and it's literally just like one second they're fine and then you've got a whole nother issue on your hands and i think like you said before like identifying that it is an issue in the first place is really really key and like I would say it's definitely the first step you need to take in trying to break these behaviors.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And actually, I was just curious where you're kind of at in your personal journey with breaking this cycle and like how, what steps you're currently taking to get out of your cycle?
1: I think, so a lot of mine like, is about, well, one, realizing that it is an issue. And then one, I like talk it through, make sure I'm like really like having somebody else who's aware of the situation has really helps like keep me accountable and made me realize like that having someone else like knowing what's going on, like being able to be like hang on, like mm-hmm. no, don't do that. It's honestly, it makes the whole like process a lot easier. Um, I think as well like for example with things like drinking especially when you're my age like teenagers people do drink a lot and it's like a social thing a lot of places you go to like everyone's drinking and it's realizing that it's like something people do for enjoyment it's not everybody's coping mechanism and you are allowed to enjoy things like in a certain like quantity like it doesn't have to always be this extreme behavior
0: i okay so many things you said gave me so many great (laughs) thoughts i was just writing them them down so the first thing i was thinking is you had talked about like identifying the problem and i definitely agree that like i think the first step even for that is you have to identify that something in your life you want to change like you can identify the problem but be like, I'm fine with that problem. I'm okay with that. So I think you have to realize that you don't want this life for yourself, that you don't want to continue. I know that something I worked on with myself is like recently, I kind of just moved on to my new behavior, if that makes sense. And one thing I did with the accountability that you had talked to is, well, I'll just, I don't even know if I should say this, but I smoked weed. That's what I did. And It was the first time in my life and I knew immediately, like, I knew the intention behind it was to cope, not to have fun. I knew immediately my brain wanted to do it again. I knew I was even thinking about trying harder substances, just all of it right away. I've never struggled with substance abuse before then. And I did do it a few times and then I told my therapist. And since then I've had constant support. I told my parents, I told my friends, I told everyone around me, like, I can't do this because For you, it may be something you can do casually. You may have fun. But my brain works in extremes, black and white thinking. I know myself. I know my genes. I know how my brain works. And I know my history. I can't risk engaging in risky behaviors because I'm, for me, they're not going to be A, for the right reasons. And B, they might spiral into something worse. And so that was like the first time that I feel like I really broke and breaking the cycle is I'm not going forward with that part of the cycle. I'm stopping right here, and I haven't used substance in like three weeks now, and I don't plan on continuing. And it was never like I didn't let it get to the point. And it's totally fine if you do, but for me, this is like I'm far along. I've already had like several different addictions. Um, you know, if you count an eating disorder, self harm, even like other stuff, um, and this is like, this is the one that I'm stopping with. I was like, okay, I'm not going to let it become an addiction. I'm going to stop it before it gets there and or dependency or whatever you want to call it. And so that was like the accountability is like, and the wanting to change. I guess that's like what that thought brought up for me was that there's definitely some point of like, I know that whatever I'm like searching for, I need to search for it in a healthier way so that is what that is and I totally agree with like the social oh and I wanted to say if with the social pressure is like it can definitely feel like you know there's a lot of behaviors like that are very normal and like drinking for example you go to a party there's drinking especially if you're younger and one thing about that is that I've learned is that There are a lot of people out there who can drink and they won't become alcoholics. There are a lot of people who can drink and they're doing it for fun. But there's also people out there who are drinking and they will eventually become an alcoholic or they're not doing it for fun. They're doing it to hide their issues. And just knowing that everyone's different and that you may be different just because your best friend can casually drink doesn't mean you can. Or just because your best friend can casually diet doesn't mean you can. And I have no clue where I'm going with this. And I've been talking a while, so I'm going to let you talk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I mean, going back to, oh, my brain's gone blank. Going back to what you're saying about, like, being like, no, I am going to stop this. Like, I cannot go down this path. I think that's really, really key. Because a lot of these behaviours are really dangerous. And I think when you're in that cycle like you don't really feel like it's gonna be bad in some ways like I remember like when I started like drinking and then all these like different things I was like oh like it's just like a bit of fun like you know like do it while you're young and everything and it's like it's just I think oh I can't remember you saying about (laughs) it's okay it's different for different people and I saw this quote the other day and it's like when you're drinking for fun that's fine but if you're drinking to get drunk that's when you know you have a problem and it's identifying the reasons behind why you're doing what you're doing and then the realization that what you're doing isn't good like for example like smoking drinking like that's all shortening your life expectancy and it's going to cause you so many like problems both physically and mentally like if you were to continue with that behavior so i think the whole idea of just being like no like put the brakes on it now stop it before it even goes that far that's something like really really worth doing and i would honestly really urge like anyone who's even contemplating it just stop if you can you really need to stop
0: yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's some really good advice and I think that um it's important to keep in perspective that it's just so individualized, like each person is going to have such an individual experience with all these behaviors and you part of it is, is a little bit of self-knowledge, like knowing yourself, knowing what you can handle, what you know, knowing a little bit your patterns. Um you know, for me, I know in a pattern is I start a risky behavior and I turn it into my entire life. That's a pattern that I've recognized and a pattern that I'm getting out of now. And I wanted to talk, touch a little bit upon, we've talked a lot about like negative behaviors and, you know, breaking the cycle, but I don't think we've talked a lot about like how hard it is like to get out of this cycle. I have spent so, and I'm still doing it. Like I'm not, you know, totally out of it. And I'm never going to struggle with it again. Like there have been so many nights with tears and anxiety. I, that's one big thing for me is I know, as I've been not using the unhealthy coping mechanisms that I haven't had my new phase, my new addiction, whatever it is, I've had ramped up anxiety. And so I wanted to talk about like, what are some positive alternatives? What are, how are you coping with this breaking the cycle?
1: I think it's really key what you just said about how like, you've been experiencing this increased anxiety because these behaviours that we have are exactly that. They're coping mechanisms. They're, they're distractions from what's actually going on. And I think something that's like, really fundamental is realising like what's behind it and dealing with that instead of just turning to these other behaviours. That's the route really you need to go down like talking to a therapist, writing it down just getting it out of your system rather than like focusing it into all these different like aspects.
0: Yes, yeah, I like that a lot. I think that um yeah, I think that's really key and I think that one thing I really like to do is I've been really exploring new healthy coping mechanisms for me. And so, even if they're a little bit more unconventional, you know, I think finding a hobby is really important because Oftentimes, if you're in the addiction cycle, your addiction, whatever it may be, is your hobby. So, for example, my hobby was having an eating disorder, not a fun hobby. Would not recommend. Zero out of ten. <laughs> um, and then my hobby became isolating. That like was my hobby, and then I could see myself if I had gone down that path, that like smoking may have become my hobby. But so I know for myself, exercising may be a ho- and exercise is a great hobby if like if you're a person who that's healthy for. Um, if you're doing it for the right reasons, but I learned, like, one thing I'm learning is exploring what my hobby is going to be, that's not, even being overproductive became my hobby, so I'm exploring right now, possibly picking up reading is something I really want to do, so all my book lovers out there, you should totally send me book recommendations, Mm -hmm. Um, but also just picking up new, like, like, maybe picking up a sport or getting a job, like, something that I enjoy, so I was wondering your take on that, Kate.
1: Yep, so for me, like, dance has always been this massive part of my life, like, I've danced since I was, like, three years old, and so so (laughs) I but it's something but for me, is like one of these places where I can just go, and it's just something to focus on. Like, no matter if like I've had this really like awful day, I go to dance, and it's just completely different atmosphere, completely different environment, and you're focused on this one thing, and like this one, like whatever I'm doing, whatever style it is. But I think having that space where everything's just sort of different to my life it's been really helpful and like you're saying with reading that's another one of my behaviors that I really really like and I think that one's more about escapism it's like you can get to this like new place like if you find a really good book it honestly it can make you feel so much better and like going off to this place and you can just leave whatever is going on like for a couple of hours or whatever it is and it's just finding something that works for you that gives you a bit of a break and makes you feel good or like I think a lot of it is something like you said that you enjoy and like finding something that genuinely makes you happy and it's not this like false happiness that you think you're creating with these behaviours but maybe something that makes you laugh or something that just gives you that actual like feeling of something good.
0: I agree with that. One thing you had mentioned was the false sense of happiness. And I think it's important. Um, I know sometimes I ask myself, am I really happy? Or am I like, is this like, not beneficial happiness? And I guess how I do that with myself is I wanted to share is like, I ask myself if it's positively impacting my life as a whole. So for example, say I smoke, right? Maybe getting high made me happy for like 20 minutes, but maybe I didn't go to work because of that. Or... Like, for me, I have chronic illness, so my kidneys, they they go down the drain. Um, Or I know I'm hurting my relationship with my mom. So, no, it's not positively impacting my life versus, like, say, writing. I like to write novels. You know, it is positively impacting my life. I'm moving towards goals. I'm practicing skills. I'm Or, like, going even shopping with a friend, like, thrifting. You know, I'm bringing in connection into my life and new items. And it's just trying to figure out, like how it affects your life I think is like important is a good way to tell if it's like beneficial or not like a healthier and unhealthy behavior
1: yeah no I think what you're saying that about how like it does feel good in the moment and like you have that sensation of like almost like euphoria and it's like is don't know just going back to smoking weed or like things like that you do get this high and this like rush so then you wake up in the morning and you feel like absolute garbage like I just felt so rough like after smoking or drinking or whatever and it's just like I always had this thought I was like is this really what my life is supposed to be like am I supposed to spend these 20 minutes feeling good and then the rest of the day just feeling awful like And I think it also feeds back into that cycle a little bit because you then start craving this rush again. And it's just a bit of a slippery slope, I think, for a lot of people who have these tendencies.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It's definitely a slippery slope. And I definitely think, you know, it's important to ask yourself. I like what you said about the 20 minutes and then feeling awful. I think, you know, getting over a behavior it's going to feel a lot more awful before you eventually feel good because your false sense of security, happiness, whatever false sense of whatever you're having, is going to be taken away. But eventually to get the real sense of happiness, the real sense of security, you have to get rid of that behavior. And I think that's important for whatever cycle, whatever addiction you're trying to come out of. And with that said, we are nearing the end of the episode. We're right about the 30 minute mark. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to discuss any more top, like anything else, anything you'd want to say to listeners, just so they, anything you didn't cover, a final statement kind of
1: thing. I think just like sending the message out there that it is possible to break these cycles. Like anybody who's like in recovery, contemplating recovery, or even stuck in a cycle at the minute, it is worth doing it. Like you're saying, it is hard and like especially like linking back to eating disorders i spent a year of my life going through absolute hell but then i like last october i went to rome and i sat there and it was gorgeously sunny and i was eating pizza and like with my family and it's just moments like that that make it worth recovering and it is so like worth breaking that cycle so my message to you guys is it is worth it like all of this hardship of breaking the cycle is worth
0: it I love that snaps to that um and before we end the episode I just wanted to say thank you so much Kate on behalf of everyone your lovely advice and sharing your story it's always so beneficial for others to feel less alone and to hear that it's possible I think that was an amazing statement at the end there and I wanted to say thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today and just hoping that you benefited in some way from this and have a nice day thank you so much yeah